heads for a word of prayer. Lord, we give thanks to you for the power of your word. Lord, we ask you to speak now for your servants are listening. God, where our hearts are prepared to receive your word that never comes back void, which is sharper than a two-edged sword. So, Father, rightly divide our hearts to remove what needs to be removed so we can hold on the truth that needs to be held on to so that we will walk away, God, with a greater understanding how to live a life pleasing and honoring to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you can join me into the letter to the Philippians, we are in the first chapter looking at verses 12 to 26. As we are dealing with the theme of having the mind of Christ, serving in unity. Having the mind of Christ, serving in unity. As we're closing out this year and we're preparing to begin embark new ministries and new activities coming in this next uh, year. As we're preparing our hearts and our minds of Advent coming upon us and we celebrate under the birth of our Lord and Savior, uh, uh, Jesus Christ. And we are building up that momentum when it comes to that Resurrection Sunday and we celebrate how Christ defeated death. And we're looking forward to seeing how we're going to do greater things this next year than we have this past year, but we realize still that we can only do more if we do it together. Serving together in unity, having the mind of Christ. We're going to look at Paul talking about how he had this mind of Christ, and and he's pointing out that if you look at what has happened to me, you will see how God has been involved all the way. Can that be somebody's testimony today that if somebody looked at your life and seen what has happened to you, you can show them how each part was a purpose for God to gain the glory? That's what Paul is saying. If you can help me announce it to your name, tell them what has happened to me is for his glory. Look at your name. You ought to, you ought to tell them with an attitude and a smile on your face. What has happened to me? It is for his glory. You see, because if we think about it, I I did not come this morning to Zion Baptist Church on 323 Martin Luther King Jr. Drive or for the old folks on 7th and State just for somebody to see me. No, I came here because I decided and made up in my mind that I'm going to go and meet the one that made everything possible. I I, I don't know what you've been through, but I can go for myself and know that he's brought me a, a mighty a mighty, a mighty, mighty, long way. So when I got up into this place, I had no choice but to say, thank you, Lord, for you've been good to me. And, and that's the attitude we ought to have to realize no matter what has happened to me, it's for his glory. If you look at our text, this letter, the background, Paul is locked up in prison. But he says, what has happened to me has not hurt, but it has advanced the gospel. To advance the gospel. He said, it did not hinder it. I may be in chains, but the word's not in chains. Somebody, I just want to get excited by myself. That's all right. Because the world got me bound. The world got me locked up. But who the sun sets free. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Come on. Y'all ought to shout that. Who the sun sets free. All right now. And so Paul said, I'm locked up by choice, 
for preaching his will, but this has not hindered me. But in fact, everyone that I have met, everyone that I have met has come to know Christ. Check this out, check this out. He says, even the prison guards have come to know Christ. Can I walk down your block? In your workplace, have you helped somebody to come to know Christ? Mm. In your household, have you helped somebody to come to know Christ? In your neighborhood, have you walked across the street and might have influenced somebody to find Christ? Paul is pointing out the situation that I am in has not stopped me from living the life I talk about. Mm. See, 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 when the rubber meets the road in many of our lives, that's when we hit the brakes. Oh, we're running, we're running, but when it's time to go somewhere, like, I'm not ready yet. Paul's locked up out of his own comfort zone, but yet he found comfort in preaching Christ. Preaching Christ, as we always say, it does not necessarily mean to proclaim it orally, but you can also walk it out literally. Because sometimes somebody might not have a Bible in their hands to say, you could say, well, you open your Bibles with me. But yet you can be a walking word and they can see the word moving in your life. How, how can the word move in our lives? Let me just go back to, to the gospel of John. The beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. And later on, I'm going to say, and the word became flesh. That word they talk about is Jesus Christ. And then Jesus Christ says, I stand at the door knocking, seeing who will let me in. So if you let him in, you got the word in you. Hello, somebody. And so when the word is in you, you're able to live out the word and talk about the word. Because when they see you, they don't see the world. They see the word. They, they, they see you walk around with grace. They see you walk around with mercy. They see you walk around with compassion and self-control and long-suffering. They, they start seeing you acting differently than everybody else around them. And they might come by and say, what's wrong with you? And you say, it's not my fault, it's the Lord. He's sown up been good to me that all I can do is just smile. I know my boss cursed me out. I know my friends are acting a fool. I know my children getting on my last nerves. But yet I just got to sit back and smile, not because I'm crazy and I'm out of my mind, but he's keeping me in perfect peace. Tell your neighbor, he keeps me. He keeps me. So you see here, Paul is pointing that the, the, the gospel has been advanced either though I am in change. It can't stop what God is doing. He's pointing out that this is advancement means just like as an army will it advance. When an army advances, when an army advances, it means it's claiming ground. It means anything that was there that was an obstacle, they have removed it so they can get in. You know when an army attacks a castle, they tear down the wall. To get in they, so that they can advance. Paul is bringing out, I'm breaking down barriers. I'm breaking down the obstacles that are trying to hinder me from preaching the gospel so that it can advance. That's the power of God's word. That no matter what circumstances that you're in, you can still advance his word. Paul is pointing out to them that I want you to know, my fellow brothers, that I am speaking the Christ 
hear and change. And catch this, by me preaching it while I'm locked up, those who are not locked up, those who are not locked up are preaching more boldly. Y'all see that? They are preaching more boldly. They're preaching without fear. They say, he's locked up, and he's still preaching the truthless, the, 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 rich, the rich truths of Jesus Christ, and, and I'm not locked up. How dare I sit down? So I'm going to go out and tell everybody the good news of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But now Paul also has a twist, and he said, I, I heard about them preaching who are boldly, but also heard about those no good folks. That, that they're not preaching for the glory and for the joy of Christ, but they're preaching for their own motives. They're preaching for selfish and impure motives. They're trying to bring me more harm. And, and that's the sad state of the church that there's a lot of churches, a lot of us that are out, out, out in the kingdom. And we are doing things with the wrong intentions and the wrong motives. But the beautiful thing is, is that Paul says, I rejoice nonetheless. Because it's Christ that's being preached. See, when somebody gets up and they acting a fool, and you know they acting a fool, and they're not doing it for the right thing, but if Christ is being preached, you can sit back and rejoice. I pray, Lord, they get the truth. Because Paul was realizing that they're not speaking a false gospel. They're speaking the true gospel. It's just their motives are wrong. Oh, we see it day by day. We know people that, that get up and talk about God, but you so enough know when they get out in the street. Boy, my, 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 my. The most hellish folks you've ever seen. But if they're singing, if they're preaching, if they're teaching, oh, they look like a saint. I heard somebody say that if one person could stay behind the pulpit, they would be holy as much peace. But once they get out, the devil get all in them. And it's a sad state that many times in our lives that our intentions are not right. He wants our whole heart. Tell your neighbor, your whole heart. He wants all of it. He don't want part of it. He wants all of it. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? Not part of it, not a quarter, not two-fifths, not three-tenths, not 99.9%. He says, I want all of you. Not just all of you, but all your strength, all your might, with everything that's within you. So God is looking at you and realizing that you might be going through some circumstance, but he says that's an opportunity for you to see me move in your life. See, see, when things are going well in our lives, we forget to thank God. Things go bad in your life, you think God forgot about you. But the problem is he's never forgotten you, but you've forgotten him when things are going well. But yet, if you become like Paul and realize that my circumstances does not account to who I am, my circumstances does not describe who I am, the situations that happen in my life does not limit who I am, but yet it's just another opportunity for God to enlarge me to be bigger and better than I ever been before. You see, we got to realize that God wants to use all of us in every aspect of our life. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, he's able to make a difference. Paul is in Rome making a difference. To everyone that it means, even the Praetorian Guard, even Caesar's Guards, his personal protection army, they know who Jesus is. And guess what, Philippi, they send greetings to you. Aren't you glad that when you gain a brother or a sister in Christ, they become family and they care about your other concerns? So Paul said, the ones who are guarding me have now become brothers with me and they sing their blessings to you too. Oh, glory be to God. So, so, 
we need to realize that though there may be people out there with bad motives that preach for the wrong reasons, sing for the wrong reasons, attend church for the wrong reasons, that we need to ensure that still when we stand, our hearts are pure, that we preach Christ and him crucified who is resurrected, ascended at the right hand of the Father. Because Paul's pointing out to them that I know these two things, that God's going to work it out. Y'all see that in the text, verse 19? He said, I know it's going to be to my deliverance. Y'all going to help me preach this? I'm going to have to deal with it all myself. Let me he said, I know it's going to lead to my deliverance. Oh, so y'all not hearing. Let me, let me, let me slow down. I'll, I'll take a little bit longer than some of y'all might not have forgotten. And what I'm trying to say, he's locked up. But he says, I know this is going to lead to my deliverance. He's locked up. He, he could face death. But he says, because of what I'm going through and the prayers of the saints, I'm convinced I know this. He says, I don't doubt or I have a suspicion. He says, I know this will lead to my deliverance. Some of y'all not realizing that when you are going through some sickness and you're going through some problems, you're going through some pains, you just see the pain and the stuff in front of you. But if you could just sit back for a moment and just close your eyes and say, Lord, I see you working it out. You can see your deliverance because even Job realized I'm being persecuted, but I know I will see my redeemer. Job was being persecuted. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Do you understand? Paul is saying, I know I'm locked up, but Philippi, don't, don't cry for me. It's not your fault. I know God's working it out. And guess what? I know it's going to lead to my deliverance. But not just my deliverance here on earth, but my deliverance forever, ever. Ever, ever. With my Lord and Savior. Do y'all see that there? He says that I, I know, I know I'm convinced that to remain with you will be the progress of the faith. But he's betwixt to, about what he does know because says to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. He realized I'm set free to preach the word. And if I die, I'm set free to be with the word. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Paul was convinced that no matter what I'm going through, it's going to work out for the glory of the Lord. So he's pointing out to them that my life's purpose is not limited to these chains. But my life is purpose to, the, to who I'm really a prisoner of. I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I'm a prisoner for Christ's sake. And therefore, no matter what I go through, no matter what I do, I do it for the glory of the Lord. Imagine how many of our relationships will be so much better. So much better. Uh-huh, y'all got quiet. If we had the Lord all up in them. Too many times it's about what you want and when you want. You didn't get what I asked on my Christmas list. You haven't completed the honeydew list. But too many times we get caught up with what we want. But yet if we get back and realize that, Lord, uh, how can I be a blessing uh, to whom you have in my life? And, and when you do that, it's amazing how everything else is taken care of. Because Paul told them, I'm locked up. I'm locked up, y'all. I'm locked up. But my God, 
can supply all your needs. See, he let know I can't get to you, but my God can supply all your needs. The problem is we got wants, and God don't care about your wants. But he will supply your needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, which means literally means I am not in need because he gives me green pastures and water. What more does a sheep need? Come on, somebody. Too many times in our lives that we know we're hungry and we tell somebody we're hungry and they give you a cheeseburger and you say, I wanted a steak. So, well, you might not going to eat today. Because this is all I have for you. Too many times in our lives that we want to write out our own blessing. This is how you bless me, God. You'll bless me with a big house, a, a nice husband, nice wife, a nice car, and a great, a great uh, retirement plan and a vacation home. Thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. You want to write out your own blessing. God can give you that, but you won't have no peace. But yet, if you could be like Paul, Lord, I realize for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. God said, thank you. That's what I've been waiting on. Now I'm going to bless you. Look, look how Paul is blessed. Some of us have been there. Have, have you been left forsaken? That you thought you had people on your side, but they turn against you. That, that you have people, they don't come by to visit you. They don't call on you. They don't check on you. They don't send you a card. They don't send you an email, text message, Facebook, MySpace, however you do it. They don't check on you. But yet God is saying that no matter what they do to you or they don't do for you, just remember that I'm still on your side. Paul is convinced that no matter where I am locked up, I know it's going to lead to my deliverance. I, I'm convinced that God will remain with me to do a good work. Look at verse 22, that it will be fruitful just for you. Aren't you glad that God knows how to bring fruit out of you? He can bring fruit out of you. So Paul has realized the situation that I'm in, what has happened to me, has advanced the gospel. It has enriched my life, and I have become more fruitful. Before I get to the last part, I want you to grab this part of becoming more fruitful. It's autumn season now. Autumn means that everything around starts, starts to foilless, and the flowers, the blooms, they become gone, and the plants almost become dormant, and some plants and some good gardeners know they got certain flowers you got to dig up and take them inside so you can replant them and grow back in the spring season. And, and I, was on, I was on my way to another service earlier this morning. I saw the birds perched on the trees with no leaves, but on every limb was berries. And those birds was, was having a buffet party. Boy, they were just... Is eating up those bears. And then I saw another group of birds down there on the side of the road in the water cleaning themselves and drinking. I was just like, I said, son of God can provide. It's autumn. It looks like everything is dead. But no matter the circumstance that they were in, God was still working it out <laughs> on their behalf. And then look at this. That the, 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 you know how the birds contribute, right? Because after they eat those seeds, they drop them and another, another tree comes up. I'm so glad how, 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 how many of us have gardens. You have bees and birds that come by and help to replant your garden for you. That you got more flowers than you had the last time because the bees, the birds came by and started planting some more fertilizer. Or some of you might have a compost pile. You got your dead grass. And you lay it out and just let it sit there. 
And it starts, you bugs start coming in. They start eating it up. And it start becoming rich. I see y'all don't like that, but that's what they, they come for. They come and make you rich. And, and then you, you get your scoop and you put it down. You put your new plants in there and it grows. What I'm trying to point out that sometimes in our lives, we got to get dirty and got to get dormant and got to become cold. But yet God can still bring forth some fruit in your life. So do you see that Paul has realized I'm in a, a, a part of my life that doesn't seem very fruitful. <laughs> but God is still bringing out fruit. Hallelujah. And then we see what Paul talks about, the joy of his return. He already talked about, right, that he is, he is convinced of his deliverance. He's convinced that he's going to see them one more time. He's convinced he's going to see his church that he planted there, the first church in Europe. He's convinced that he will be able to see them one more time and fellowship with them. And look what he says, that you might boast in Christ in my coming. And this word he used, a perusa, in my coming, is also the same word Paul uses in the coming of Christ. And, and look, what, look, look closely here. He said that you will rejoice in my coming in the Lord. How much more can you parallel Paul's coming to the coming of our Lord? Paul is locked up in chains, but say, I must work while I still have breath all up in my lungs. To live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm betwixt which one is the better, because I, I know for you it's more profitable that I be here to do some work. Look at your neighbor, tell him it's more profitable that you're here. That's why you're still here. So tell your neighbor, there's some work to be done. And so since there's some work to be done, you ought to be working and anticipation to have some joy when somebody shows up. Who's going to show up? Mark's Messiah, John's anointed one, the Luke horn of salvation. When the bright and the morning stars show up, you will be able to hear a trumpet blast. And you might be hearing him say, well done. My good and faithful servant. But see, before you can get to the celebration, you got to be able to get down and dirty and say, Lord, I'm locked up. Uh, life's been heavy on me, but still uh, your word is doing some awesome things. Uh, my heart's been changed. Uh, my mind's been changed. You've changed my house. Uh, everywhere I go, I got nothing else to say, but oh, how he loves me. Uh, he loves me like a child. Uh, he loves me when I'm out of my mind. He loves me while I'm sinking in sin. He still hears my cry. I'm so glad that God is able to be right there. So I'm glad that no matter what happens to me, it can't stop. It can't stop what God can do for me. What can God do for me? He can set me free. He can give me the victory. He can give me peace in the middle of the storm. He can show enough, show enough, make my feet like hinds feet. In other words, I can climb the rough side 
of the mountain. He'll make crooked paths straight. He'll make everything all right. So I want all that comes to me to come to me. And I can just simply say what has happened to me is for his glory. I got sickness in my body. It's for his glory. I got no money in my pocket. Either way, it's for his glory. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that God can use us in any condition. I'm going to leave you alone. But I'm going to share this. William Preston preached earlier this morning. He gave an illustration of cleaning up with his daughter. And he was cleaning up, putting trash in a, in a wastebasket. And he, and he said he thought he saw something that looked like crumbled up money at the bottom of the basket. And so he took it out and opened it up and asked his daughter, did you, did you throw this away? And she said, yeah, because it's broke. There was a tear in it. And he was saying that even if it's tearing, you can still use it. So, so somebody, somebody caught that. Somebody caught that. Even if it's still torn, it's still legal tender that it can be used. All I'm trying to point out to you that you might be wrinkled up. You might be torn. You might be beat down and thrown down. But I'm so glad that God can still use you. If you're in the master's hand, you can still be used. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify that no matter how many times I've been broken, how many times I've been beaten down, the Lord is still using me. As the song it says, every time I turn around, he's still uh, blessing me. Uh, every morning, brand new mercies. Uh, so good day. May the Lord bless you real good. But tell your neighbor I can be used by the Lord no matter what uh, condition. So then you can rejoice when the Lord comes back because you know you were in his hand working on his behalf, and you'll be able to say forever hello and never goodbye. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come. We've come realizing, God, that our conditions, our conditions sometimes have limited us to think that, God, you can do above and beyond what we can ask or think. But, Father, we have made up our mind to realize, God, that no matter what condition our life has placed us in, it has not stopped the ability that you have to make a difference in our lives. It has not limited you in using us for fruitfulness in our lives and for others. Lord, we thank you, God, that you have not given up on us. You have not forsaken us, but you are still keeping us. Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus, and Lord, they want to cry out, Lord, I pray that they confess with their mouth. And believe in their heart. And Jesus Christ is Lord who died on the cross for their sins. And that too they will see that he is alive and resurrected. And that they too will know that he can still use them. 